Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the Dad Podcast. I am your host, Justin Warsham. With us today, back yet again, is a friend of mine. I'm going to say, uh, what, like we just talking, what's your friend? Chris Mars, ladies and gentlemen, is here with us. Uh, the, uh, the thank best. you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody here in the live studio. Yes, uh, they're very kind, uh, very warming uh, studio well, audience. Giving them the cronuts was a great idea. I think they're really happy. Yeah, it really gives them a little charge just to get that insulin flowing right yeah. before the show. And Justin serves as his own warm-up comic, which yeah. is fantastic. I get, and I, I throw out the cronuts, uh, and then we give some T-shirts, but it's only T-shirts from other podcasts, which I think that's part of the humor of yeah, it, the I, fun of my it. My only issue with the T-shirts was the T-shirt cannon. I thought you were yeah. a little close really? to some of those people i know they were excited um that one lady i mean she took that t-shirt everybody's a critic i guess but you know just, listen. i just think you can it's have the experience i'm just saying one note it's just it's, one note that no, i had it's a small everything cotton, was fantastic Chris. it's 100 percent cotton you take 100 percent cotton to the dome it's they come this is their vacation they I, come here to see the show and this is what they want. They want to come home with a, a little mark. I'm just saying you didn't have to have it on the highest setting. That was like a 40 mile I go 110%, baby, all day, every day. That's what I am. I don't I don't half-ass things. Well, you know what I mean? Except for maybe production on the show. But when it comes to <laughs> warm-up for the show and dealing with my live studio audience that comes here for a vacation, it's a special experience from them, you know. Sure. A lot of people, they're not even, I mean, sure, they come here just to go to Disneyland after, but they come here first. You see what I mean? They come here to double dip. It's not yeah. about going to D- Disneyland. They've already been to Disneyland, Chris. Yeah. No, absolutely. I was talking to some of them and, and they were so excited to be here. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, that's, and they want that. You know, it's like it's Rickles. You want him to say uh, an offensive racial joke about your ethnicity. That's, that's what you want. You want to take a, a t shirt to the face if you come to see me live. That's, you're right. You're okay. right. I stand correct. I don't want to start I, things I, off. I should off not enough. try and tell you how to run your live studio audience. That was out of line. And that's on me. That's good. You know what? It takes a big man to admit when he's wrong. And I appreciate you uh, immensely. Uh, good to see you. you we too, were, man. We, we started late. For you, those of you that are listening to this live, you know, but uh, for people catching up on the podcast, we, we just spent a, probably a good half hour, 45 minutes just chatting. Totally. Chris is that guy. I, I don't know if anybody has this kind of person in life. And I think I say this every time you're on the show, but... 
It's that guy that when you when you get to see him, you're like, oh, it's so good to hang out and it's fun, right? And then and then you go forever without seeing each other. And then that time, like as soon as you leave here, I'm gonna be like, I gotta try to hang out with that guy sometime. Yeah, before. exactly. And then you don't see each other for a year, and then you come back, you're like, oh, this guy's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I not see them more? Often? I don't, is that an LA thing? No, you think, I think or it's is that an LA everywhere. Thing. Well, I think for people listening outside of LA, it's it's hard to remember. You and I live um, about 20 minutes apart. Yeah, in LA, in which. For the rest of the country, you might as well live, like for those of you in Texas, it's the equivalent of having a friend in Minnesota. Yeah. Because you just sort of hear, especially when you have kids, you just don't try. And I say 20 minutes. It's anywhere between 20 and 90 minutes apart is yeah. how far apart we live. And it, it, you're right. You no matter. And I'm, I'm wondering, hearing you say that makes me wonder, is it because we're just such colossal pussies mm-hmm. that we... No, that's it. That's, I don't that, know the other option. It, that, that's the, the other reason. option. I found it. I hit the nail the on the head. Uh, remind everybody, how many kids do you have? What are their ages? I their have genders, all that mix. I have three. I have three boys, and they are now uh, nine, seven, and three. Oh. My my three-year-old will be four next month, though, so we're getting close. And are you? A, do you have an itchy trigger, trigger finger to get that one into kindergarten? I always uh, feel like yeah. I was counting down to public school. I don't know why that is, <laughs> but I'm, I was really excited. And now that I've got a first grader and a third grader, life is pretty damn good, if I can be honest. Yeah, no, it's been, it's, it's been very nice the last two years because my older two are at the same school this year and last year. And so that was nice. And then our little guy, um, our school is going to have a uh, – a transitional kindergarten, what they call out here, which oh, is yeah, like TK. Yeah. It's it's basically like a preschool, but it's a, it's more of a program. It's a preschool program that's the year before kindergarten, and they're supposedly adding that at our school next year, which uh, my wife and I are very excited about <laughs> because we're talking about one drop off situation, right? And so, yeah, that I couldn't be more excited about that, and um, I do feel for the little guy because now he's watching his brothers, you know, do. Little League and basketball oh. and all this stuff. And he is just like a caged tiger He's trying to, to get into. So we just signed him up for T-ball, which was really exciting. He, he will be old enough this spring to do T-ball. And so uh, he that'll be his first sport, and we're excited to get him involved. What other sports have your guys, have your guys done? Uh, they've done, you know, a lot. I mean, um, they've done baseball and basketball. Um, they soccer. did do soccer. They did one year of soccer. And, um, but it's funny, neither of my kids really took to soccer, the, the two older ones, at least they, they weren't into it as much and baseball, they just became obsessed with. And, uh, and then my oldest played his first season of flag football this year, which he really enjoyed. And, uh, I think that my wife and my wife will frequently remind me that our kids aren't going to play tackle football when they get older. Really? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, we'll see what happens. We're five or six years away from having yeah. to make that decision. And, and I, well, not even, well, I don't here here in Burbank, we have, we have a league. I did the flag football. I was offensive coordinator. I don't want to brag. I barely bring this up on the show. <laughs> I have heard you were an innovator. Though. Yeah, I was, uh, and they've I'm, said Bill Walsh. Yep. Uh, June Jones, uh, run and shoot guy. Yep, and then yep. Justin Worsham. Justin Worsham with, I mean, when, yep. when it comes to five person offense, you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not going to lump myself in, and I'm not going to insist that I'm put on the football Mount Rushmore of offensive great minds. But uh, when you, when you look at what I was able to accomplish, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. like to toot my own horn. And I've what, looked. I've looked many times at what you accomplished. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's hard to not notice. <laughs> uh, but you know, with five guy, with five kids in a kindergarten to second grade age bracket, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And that's. 
I don't want to gloat. I don't want to get too uh, cocky. I know that in football, you're supposed to say, we're just looking at the next game. You know, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. That's what I'm supposed to say. Right. But uh, let's just say that I don't know that the Burbank 49ers are going to know or be prepared defensively for what the Burbank Bills are going to be bringing to the field next season. Uh, there may or may not be a hurry-up situation. And I, I feel comfortable even saying that, even though I know he's listening. I know he's scouting us now. Oh, and I'm yeah. just going to put it a, out there. It's a year-round thing now. Oh, yeah. Band. Well, you know, it's, you you joke, but uh, our head coach has already asked for a couple practices. <laughs> <laughs> even though it doesn't start until February. But I'm going to give you some credit because I, I think that it was John Gruden who pointed out that coordinating five second graders yeah. is the equivalent of coordinating 47 professional level. Oh, yeah. Players. Yeah, it's a well-known fact. Yeah, it is but, a well-known fact. So you should feel... I mean, again, we've all read this in the sports pages here in L.A. about yeah. your many accomplishments. Yeah. I don't want to bore your audience. Thank you. Thank but, you for your consideration. But I think that, uh, yeah, you should you should feel good about that. I do. Did I do. You, did your kids like football? Oh, yeah. They loved it. My Especially my older son. He was kind of the star of uh, the team. And the younger one. Well, his dad's calling the plays. Yeah, so. Well, that's the thing. is that There was actually even a moment where one of the parents was upset that their kindergartner was not playing enough. And so I and so she came to me and she's like, well, how would you feel if Jacob wasn't playing as much? Because he was playing both sides of the ball. He was the oldest kid on the team. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Jacob, a is the oldest kid on the team. That's why he plays both sides. And what she didn't know was that my younger son, who was also a kindergartner, played even less than her kid. And my I said, and he's always at the practices. Her son didn't come to every practice. Yeah, I said, but he's been to every practice and your kid plays more. And I said, so it's not about who I am as a coach, which I was very thankful because otherwise there's no way. That, and I, I also had the very shameful moment as a father of like, they, they do this thing where you play on half the field and we needed to sub in somebody. And so they were calling for Jack and, you know, kids like when they're not in the game, they just kind of sit Indian style and they're playing. They're, you know, smashing ants with their mouthpiece or something. <laughs> asking what's in the snack. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I was like, they were like, Jack, get it. And they had to hurry. And so I didn't I wasn't thinking and I was I'm super embarrassed by it, to be honest. But I kind of did like a back like, you know, not an actual shove. But a back like direction, <laughs> and I just leveled my son. Like he, he, I pushed him a little too fast or knocked him off balance, and he just slid. He wasn't hurt, yeah. but it just looked bad. Where I was like, "Get in there, worship! Right, on your feet! On your feet! You're okay! You're okay!" <laughs> well, and I was unaware. Like I had tunnel vision. I was unaware of the other parents. It's yeah. super sad and pathetic. But I was truly unaware of the other, like where I was, what was going on, and the other coach that was there. He was like, "He goes, it's his kid." That's his kid. Don't everybody want like telling the other team we had to sideline right next to each other and all the parents are just standing oh on the side of the God, field. That's so funny. But Jack was fine. He didn't care. Yeah. That part he didn't he could care less about. But yeah, it's it was uh, it's a fun time. They're not interested in any other sports. The little one is interested in basketball. Okay. That's why we have a hoop now in front of the house. Okay. But uh but yeah, I was that's why I was I I haven't gotten full blown into any other sport. And the reason I got walked down this path was that my older sons could have gone into tackle. Mm. this year ah. during the fall, but he yeah. opted out saying he wanted to have one more year of flag just to get the, which I was really, I thought was really kind of smart. He was like, I just want to get better at the game mm-hmm. before I start worrying about tackling. I was like, all right, all right, that's fine. Yeah, that's great. I think he's wired like me and he just doesn't like to hit people. That's what I, th- I think, I think gotcha. he really loves football, but, and I would pl- trust me if there was a, I think there's one out in your area in Pasadena, an adult flag football, like pickup day thing that you can go do. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat. But my fear is, is that I would tear an ACL 
playing flag football as a 38 year old. I know for sure that I would. I mean, it is, yeah, I would be walking into the ortho, I would walk out of the end zone into the orthopedic exactly. uh, surgery center directly if I started to play regular. Yeah, I, let me share two quick stories because I've done some coaching now and uh-huh. it's funny. Uh, well, the first one is I'm coaching my seven year old in basketball this coming spring or we start in the winter. It starts in January. Now, do you and have any experience coaching or playing very basketball? little no, well, play? I mean, I played as a kid. Okay. I'm a big fan of the game. Yeah. And I kind of assistant coached before, but I, I'm going to have to do a huge brush up on YouTube and stuff in terms of drills. Oh, it's such a great time. And, 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 you know, everything like it's, it's, uh, I, I, I know that I'm going to look forward to it. But I didn't do it on purpose. Exactly. <laughs> I, my wife asked me uh, about four weeks ago. She uh-huh. said, hey, can you make sure that you sign the kids up for basketball? Registration's open right now. And we do it through our local Y. And I said, sure. And I, and I took a peek and I looked at the, I opened it up on my phone and I saw, oh, it's open until, Dece- I, th- I thought it was like December 10th. Some, for some reason, that was the number in my head. Turns out it was December 5th. Oh, that's and a then, very different yeah, number. And I, I, I find out. And you, you've probably had this fear. I find out on about December 10th when I go to sign up for it that it's closed and the whole league is full. And, of course, this is something my wife has asked me to Uh-oh. do. And our two kids have done basketball for the last few years, really love it, talk about it. They're excited about it. So I'm completely screwed at this point. So fast forward to me placing a panicked call to the sports director of the Y and knowing they usually are sort of coaches, I kind of open with, gee, you know, I was really hoping to coach this year. Oh, <laughs> this, the things yeah, we do. I know. And so he was, well, well I should say the first, his, uh, his lieutenant had told me that the league was full and they, they had no more room. And so claim the ladder. And then I said, well, do you have room for someone <laughs> who's willing to coach? A seven, and, uh, and so we found, I, I, I know that, you know, they needed the volunteers. And so I, I, that's how I inherited. I'm the proud owner now. And have you started or no, no? we start, we start in January. So okay. I'll be brushing up and, and already one of the, one of the parents has volunteered to like be an assistant. Oh, great. I hope, hope he knows more about basketball than I do, but, <laughs> but we, uh, it, it, it'll be fun. And then, but I, I, I was an assistant coach the last couple of years in little league also for my older son. And one thing I've noticed, and I think this is good, like, good for parents to sort of gauge with their, the parents who want to go to the coaches and, and complain or ask for, for more time. Cause this happened a couple of times where we had parents who would come to me or the other coaches and would say, can my son do this or do that? Or my son should play first base. He's as good as any of these other kids. Why don't you let him play first base? Sometimes their requests would be sort of gentle. Other times yeah. it would be much more aggressive. And on more than one occasion I had, a parent, and I always gave in to the parents. I was always like, because I kind of, especially at this age group, which was eight, nine, and ten year olds, I was kind of like, let's let them all have opportunities. Yes, to play. yes. And um, and nobody would ever ride the bench for us. It was right. really more a question of who, either, yeah. who was playing what position. That was why it was so frustrating to hear this lady complain. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it is hard. It is hard, especially for the parent because you're given so much of your time. You're not getting, you know, it's all volunteers. Yes, yeah. it's, it's easy to forget. But what I found was so funny is sometimes I think for parents when you're tempted to do that. Really talk to your kids about it because, like, this one mom insisted that her son wanted to do X, Y, Z, play first, pitch, whatever. And then literally in practice, I would put the kid there and he would ask me not to put him there. (laughs) Like, please, can I not do this? I don't want to do this. And and it was so... 
frustrating because you know, and that happened with more than one kid, That's and funny. with more, and and I so. You know, when before you do that, make sure you talk to your kid and say, would you want me to discuss it with your coach? Or why don't you say to the coach, you'd like an opportunity to do this or do that? Yeah, because you're right. You're absolutely right. They don't they don't know. And it always seemed to be the kids that, uh, like I said, the only ones that complained were the parents whose kids weren't at practice every day. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we did rotate. And that, that was their whole thing was like, well, this is a developmental league. And I go, well, yeah, but your kid is also the youngest one here. Like, that's. That's the idea. That's yeah. why do you think all the other it's a kindergarten through second grade first like division. And then after that, it's each individual grade. It goes third only fourth only fifth only six all the way up to almost high school. Totally. And so, yeah, yeah I get it. Uh, you, and you got to you got to reward the kids who show up at yes. the practices. And, and, and not all families can make it to every practice and you don't always get to control when the times are. So that can be a challenge. But at the end of the day, the kids who are there for practice who are putting the time. And there's I think there's a life lesson there for the kids that. They're going to get the, the opportunities before somebody who's not. And it's unfair up. for, I think, a lot of parents come into it with the expectation that, uh, well, the like, they put this label on us that we were putting kids in to win, right? Like, that's what we were doing and that we were caring too much about winning, but we weren't winning. So, it's not oh, winning. I'm sorry. Wait, why were you putting kids in? Uh, why wasn't I? No, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not here to lose, Justin. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my first basketball practice with my seven-year-olds, by the way, I'm just going to run them. We're going to find out who wants to be here. <laughs> just, just until they die. Yeah. Just until they die. Like just said, and, and we were going to weed out the crop yeah. where the cream will rise. And uh, that's how it's going to go. Welcome. Welcome to your, your last easy day was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's what it's funny because my older son is now going to go on i'm going to stay with the younger son and the older son is going to go on to the older team and i'll help out where i can but i thought it'd be good for him to have somebody else telling him what to do yeah and uh i'm curious to see how that goes like what if i become the parent that i'm complaining about like, you know, like what if i i'm like well, that's not what he's good at i don't think i would i but i don't know stranger things have happened uh let's do this let's take a quick break and then we'll come back because i completely walked over you have a great story about spending the night on a battleship i do i do with your kids i will share yeah chris mars super dad uh back after these messages so people uh listening live Uh, so you spent the night mm-hmm. on a battleship, and that you, when you we were talking about like, hey, what are we going to talk about the show? My favorite part about this is you said it as if this is a this is common knowledge. Is this <laughs> this is not a part of my lexicon of knowing that you could just go spend the night on a battleship with your family or even by yourself? Oh man, you got to try. It. Everybody it else knows this. Thing? I, I don't know that everybody else knows this, but it's actually look look at look it up uh, if you live in L.A. or if you live in. Other parts of the country, I'm sure, do similar programs because one thing. So I did this with the with the with the Cub Scouts because my two older sons are involved in the Cub Scouts right now. Um, but we've done it at other other venues. A lot of uh, museums now, um, and the LA Zoo does this. Offers these programs where you can bring a group, uh, any group, I believe, any like educational group, to come do an overnight there. And we did it at the Natural History Museum in LA. Wow. Natural History, excuse me. 
And what do you do? You, is it like you you bivouac? Like what do you what do you do? You bring a, a tent? Yeah. You, well, you don't bring a tent, but you bring what what we did for the museum and the zoo is you brought you bring like an air mattress uh-huh. and like cha- obviously change your clothes and stuff. And it's indoor camping. I mean, yeah. you basically you're inside and you're like at the museum. You slept in a great big hall, and it's all these other dads and some moms and and the kids, and they have people that work there that coordinate the night. So you show up and you do like a tour of the museum and then they generally have a few activities and that all takes a few hours and then they give you dinner. And then at some point at like, you know, 1030 or something, it's lights out. And then at 6am everybody wakes up and there's usually another program of some kind in the morning and you're off and home by like nine, nine thirty. So this is the third time we've done this, but here in LA in Long Beach is the, uh, is permanently docked is the battleship uh, USS Iowa, which for me, it was super cool. It was a really, really cool opportunity to do this. And what they do on the Iowa is you don't bring camping gear. You just bring, like, a sleeping bag, and you actually sleep in the racks. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah, like like the, like the sailors did. And um, it's a permanent museum. You can go tour it as a museum any day of the week, I believe. But this is a program they do for educational groups. And when we were there, there were there was our Cub Scout troop, and then there was uh, one or two other troops from other places. And um, there may have been a group there that wasn't. Cub Scouts. So I don't think it's limited to that. But um, the cool thing, I was really looking forward to it because it was a chance to sort of live like the sailors a little bit. And what we did is we arrived at like four o'clock and then you sort of go aboard and you're on the main deck and they do like the colors and stuff the way oh, they would wow. do it in the Navy. And, and it's neat. And then they take you down into the giant mess hall. I mean, this, this ship, by the way, the, the Iowa is, is built of uh, basically for World War II. I'm probably going to get some of the facts wrong, but it's like a 950-foot-long battleship. It's gigantic. It's definitely of the of that era. I believe it is one of the battleships that was involved in the last, like, sea-to-sea um, combat in American history. I'll try to look it up here. Yeah, it's really it's cool. And on it. at, its, at its peak, it had, like, a crew of something around 2,000 sailors. Now, the people who are kind of running this, are these, you know, retired military? Or are they, like, you know, uh, when you go to Pennsylvania and you can go to, you know, Colonial Williamsburg, and it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's the local football coach who's dressed as a pilgrim? Or It was mostly the, the tour guides were, were actual Navy veterans. I think some wow. of them had served aboard the Iowa, and then some of them had served aboard similar ships. And then it seemed like they did also have some people who just worked there in in the capacity of uh, this is a museum and we're not necessarily um, veterans, but we work for the for the venue itself. Uh, and they do events aboard the ship as well. Um, so I don't I don't know as much about that, but we did get a great tour from a, a veteran Navy sailor who was who had served aboard the New Jersey which was a sister ship to the Iowa. So they were basically the same. These were all Iowa-class battleships. I learned a ton. But the point, Justin, is that I went to battle myself that night. What do you mean? This was, this was a cra- – so <laughs> we arrive. We go down to the mess hall. And you, you eat in the Navy mess, in the, in the mess in the ship. And so How the, big is that? Is that like a school cafeteria? Because it, I would imagine it's kind of small. Well, it, it is like a school cafeteria, but everything is so condensed on the ship. You know, you definitely oh, feel – Like you're on top of – Like, yeah. And, I, and they must have just eaten in shifts. The ship – this ship was built in the – 30s or 40s, but it was... Um, it was launched on August 27th, 1942. 42, okay, great. Uh, and commissioned in February 22nd, 1943 with Captain John L. McRae yeah. in command. Big Mac. Uh, US, uh, USS Iowa's main battery consisted of nine 16-inch 50 caliber Mark Seven guns, which could fire 2,700-pound armor-piercing shells 20 nautical miles. Oh, yeah. Uh, her secondary battery consisted of 5-inch 
uh, 38 caliber guns and twin mounts, which could fire at targets up to 12 nautical miles away. With the advent of air power and the need to gain and maintain air superiority came a need to protect the growing fleet of Allied aircraft carriers. To this end, Iowa was fitted with an array of Orlikan 20mm and Bofors 40mm anti-aircraft guns to defend Allied carriers from enemy airstrikes. Orlikan, I'm surprised you didn't know that word. I didn't. I'm sorry. Is it really something? No, I have no oh, idea. Yeah. I was just giving you our time. You're very good at nailing yeah. me, by the way. So far, I think the score is Chris 2, Justin 0. That's how we're going so far. So you you went to battle yourself. Yeah, I went to battle. Uh, well, and the, yeah, the ship is really cool, by the way. It is really a neat thing to see. And yeah, the thing had enough. We got a lot of information about the firepower of these ships, in part because the 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 tour guides that night were veterans who had actually been like gunners on these ships, and they were very into the power of the battleship. And as you're going to these tours, are your kids like whoa, or is it more like uh, dads like whoa? Well, I would say you know what's so funny. It, it, this is not a criticism, but I would say the dads were almost more like whoa. <laughs> Because you know when you start when you start talking about like fifty cal and twenty millimeter, yeah. you know the kids it glazes over yeah. a little bit. I mean, some of the stuff was really great for them. The tour was prob the tour itself was probably a little long for my seven year old. My nine year old really came away with more. And you just went with the two of them, right? Because the three year old's too young. Yeah, three year old's too young. I took the two of them, and I actually stayed with. And then they split up the kids by age a little bit, so I stayed with the the younger group. Um, and my older son was with some of the of his buddies. So. The, the tour, I think, was maybe a little better for the grownups because it was a little long, but for the most part, it was great, and they the kids just loved it. But we we go down and you eat in the navy in the mess hall or the the uh, gosh I'm embarrassed no, I think right yeah the mess I'm embarrassed I don't remember exactly what it was called but they they serve you actual navy food and uh, like. So it wasn't fancy. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. My and, grandfather said everything was shit on a shingle when he was in the military. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That was his yeah. term. That's a great term. <laughs> and uh, my kids probably ate a little too much, um, which I found out. Do you remember what later. you had? Specific, or was oh, it just did, we did, we did had, it look uh, like it was slop like bar- and that's all you remember? No, or? no, no. It was like a barbecued chicken with sandwiches and stuff, but it was kind of... Um, it was, you know, it was very high school cafeteria level of food. And I imagine you're a much better person than I am. But I imagine sitting there and watching if my kids were to devour this, you know, cafeteria-esque food. Yeah. There, it would be hard for me not to get bitter about that. Like, I've I've made actual barbecue chicken <laughs> that they've turned their nose up at. Right. But this one that was made in mass to feed 300 people in an overnight, I, and they just, oh, this yeah. is so great. Oh, they love it. on a it, battleship. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could probably feed them almost anything on this battleship, on the battleship and they would have thought it was pretty cool. Were there vegetables at all, or is it just... Yeah, there was salad, which I don't know if my little guy ate. My older one probably did. Yeah. Gosh, I feel like there was there might have been like green beans or something. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a square meal. All right. But um, but it was, you know, again, it was like cafeteria-type food. Yeah. And we so we did that, and then they did get like some ice cream or something, I think, and then we did the tour. And then so we roll around to like 10.30, or 10, 10, 10.30, and... And that's the time to go check out our racks where we're going to sleep for the night. And I learned that they call them racks in the Navy because the the, the bunks, the beds are actually named after the medieval torture device. Really? Of, yeah, of the I rack. assume that they are like on a shelf and they collapse up like a Murphy bed so it looks like a rack of shelves. Oh, no, well, the, the veterans that were there giving us tours told us that that's why they call it the rack because that's of great. the torturing element. So just to kind of set the stage, we're, you know, for those of you who haven't been in the bowels of a battleship, <laughs> the... the Humble which, brag. There's, yeah. <laughs> uh, comfort is not the first priority 
Yeah, yeah. I was surprised by that because I thought, God, I thought these guys would fight a lot better if yeah. they maybe got twelve hours of sleep right. in a big, comfortable bed. Exactly. Um, so, I, these these racks were basically three high, in, but only of of, of a, up to about five and a half. Like I'm I'm like six three. Right. And this the, the top bunk was at about my shoulder, but there's three bunks. So you got two feet above you at each one yeah, of those. Yeah, when when I laid in a bunk, you know, I'm taller, but I'm not I know a lot of guys taller than me. And when I laid in this thing, I laid on the bottom bunk. And when I laid in it, it kind of felt like being in a coffin. My feet were up against the end of it. I'm about as tall as you could possibly be to sleep yeah. in one of these. And when I would roll over, the act, my shoulder would actually brush against the top of it. That's how wow. close it is really like if you're claustrophobic, it's probably a little, I don't consider myself claustrophobic. And I felt like a little like, wow, this is tight. Yeah. This is tight. And I slept on the bottom of the three bunks and I put my seven-year-old in the middle and my nine-year-old on top. Um, because being on the top one, the top one was actually very hard to get into for the bigger for yeah. the dads, but uh, it just seemed like that was a good way to go. So after the tour was over, we go into this area and the, the, the racks are set up in such a way that they've, they've got these sort of little cubbies, but these, these cubby areas will have 20, 30 people sleeping in a very, very small area. I mean, the size of the studio that we're in now, you, you probably would be sleeping 15 people. I mean, wow. it's just, it's really tight. And there's no, the, the walls in, in the area that we were in don't necessarily go to the top. So you are sort of you know, if you start snoring or something, you can be heard yeah, by probably yeah. 70 people. And so we got into our pajamas and we put the sleeping bags on the rack and we all got in there and it, it seemed fine. Everything was going good. Lights. <laughs> now, you're doing a great job of painting this story because now I just imagine there's a, there's got to be a moment. You got nothing but dads and kids there, right? Yeah. And so it's, there's got to be a snore fest going on. Oh, my God. that That's the key to these campouts. Did and anybody I learned think that. And I was earplugs? warned. Some people did, and I should have known better. I didn't. I I did bring earplugs to, like, the zoo. Yeah. Because one of the things is if you are not if you don't have earplugs and you're not one of the first guys to fall asleep, yeah. you are screwed. You're out. I mean, there were, I swear, there were a couple dads in the morning where I was like, dude, I think you need to go to a sleep specialist because you <laughs> no. died like four times last night. <laughs> Like, did anybody rock bring, a CPAP? Bring, bring your CPAP. Nobody had one. <laughs> nobody great. had one that I saw, but there were a number of people that I heard who I think need one. Yeah, they qualify. Yeah. <laughs> they qualify. Uh, yeah, that was that's a real struggle. Actually, that that, that is real. Yeah. And, and at the museum, when we slept at the at the history museum, it was um, a big marble room, and the echo in there. Oh yeah. With the snoring was insane. I mean, it it's that's for real. So we. We're in this little cubby area, and the lights go out at 1030. And so then there's just a distant light in one of the hallways. And the the, the museum generally provides, I think they've got a, a, a staff on that stays up all night. And yeah. they're, so they're there to be around. It's not a big staff. And I think they're sort of checking in all the areas where they have people sleeping. But I finally, I finally fall asleep, and I think the kids are asleep, and I doze off. And at about 1.30 in this very, very dark corner that we're in, I start to hear, mommy, mommy, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no! And I reach up because I can, I can literally you know the voice. I can touch my seven year olds. I'm so close. I can reach onto the bunk above me and touch my seven year old's head. And I'm like, is that him? And I'm like, he's just like, what? And he's getting sick. And he has a little bit of a sensitive stomach. And sometimes when he eats new foods yeah, that he hasn't yeah. had before, or he overdoes it, he will get sick. So in this pitch black space, I 
roll out of the bunk because there's no other way to get out of yeah. this thing. I go up and I'm like, buddy, buddy, are you okay? And all of a sudden he sits up and he's like, daddy. <laughs> and uh, I got, I got you covered. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It starts. It starts. Yeah. It starts and it is everywhere. And he is just, he's vomiting profusely. on. Is it all staying on the bed or is it, is he at least shooting it off the bed onto the floor? It was, I had kind of grabbed him to hold him. So it is staying on the bed for the most part onto me Uh and onto him and onto the sleeping bag. And man, it was brutal. Now keep in mind, we are so close to 50 people and it, yes, it was so pungent. Like, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, what? In the hell and kid vomit I has a, do? like I don't know if it, I always ask this to people, but does your kid's vomit smell like rotten Parmesan cheese too? Mm-hmm. Like is, every kid, yes, has a, you, there's something that I don't weird. Remember yeah. that smell? I mean, I've yacked when I get a flu, and yeah. it does. There's some. It's extra pungent, right? It's like you just left the Olive Garden. What yes. what, what is going on here? <laughs> Where did this come from? Right. <laughs> it was extra pungent, and here and and because he does have this occasional sensitive stomach, he ends up falling. He, of course, he does this, covers me, covers him, covers his bed, and falls back to sleep right away. Nuh-uh. He's out. He's out cold. He's just laying. Now he's laying in vomit sick. in his own sick. My nine-year-old, who's on the bunk above him, thankfully out of the line of fire, wakes up and starts almost crying because of the smell. Yes. And I'm like, oh, my God. What What the hell am oh, I going to do? Oh, you poor guy. I am like, you got to be Flipping kidding me. So luckily, and, and, the, and the kicker was at, at this moment, for whatever reason, the museum staff must have been off doing other stuff because they were nowhere to be yeah, found. Yeah, you're solo. Then I'm told, uh, one of the other dads who was one of the leaders, this, this my buddy Keith, was in the bunk right kind of next door, rolls out, and he's sort of like, what can I help? What can I help with? And so he ran and got a couple things. I'm just trying to sort of push everything into one place, and he got some garbage bags and brought back some sort of cleaner that we couldn't even read. Didn't know what it was. All we knew it was some multi-purpose cleaner that smelled like ammonia. I'm trying to use my cell phone to like read stuff. We had a couple flashlights, but it was really hard. I start hearing other kids like wake up complaining about the smell and I'm like, Oh, I'm taking off my shirt. Uh, luckily I was wearing an, a shirt and then an undershirt. So I was at least a little bit okay. And then, you know, getting him undressed and putting the sleeping bags into the garbage bags and long. For most shot. of this, he's asleep. He, yo, yo, he never woke up again. He never. Nah. No, he slept through the night after. What a that. trooper! Yeah, I know. And uh, it, man, it was. I understand that war is difficult. Yeah. Like I, I know this ship served in Vietnam and and World War II, and I believe that those guys had it rough. But I don't know if if that it was that this rough. Right. You know. I mean, you understand. No, I totally because well, here's the thing that I'm sitting here that makes me have a physical response to the tension in this story is that I know how nice of a person you are. <laughs> and so when you are as nice a person as you, this kind of thing weighs heavy on your soul. Oh, like it man. just it well, grates again. Like I wish I could just transport a little bit of douchiness in you to where you just be, eh, shit happens. And yeah. you'd be completely indifferent. But you're I don't I mean, I don't know. Am I giving <laughs> am I putting too much on you? Because I feel like no, I, I would be sitting there too going I'm ruining everybody else's trip. This is, oh, this is so hard. That's how I felt. And everybody yeah. was remarkably cool. Yeah, First, they, nobody, well, yeah nobody. All yeah. of us are also like us. Yeah. And that if we saw it happen to somebody else's, like, there would be an element of like, oh, it's thank God it's him and not me. But, yeah. oh, that poor person, I, whatever I could do to make them feel better. Totally, totally. And the funny thing is I looked, so right about when this happened, I grabbed my phone to turn on the light and I looked at the clock and it, it said 125 a.m. 
is when this happened. And I was thinking to myself, okay, just in the back of my head, I'm like, I know the lights go on at 6 a.m. And the truth was leaving was really not an option at this point. Like I talked to my buddy. I was like, should I just take him home? Should I just take him home? And it was going to complicate yeah, things Yeah, how do you more. get out of there with nobody? Yeah. You never found anybody, right? No, I never found anybody. Uh, although I, I know that I really – once by the time I got things settled, I really didn't need them. I know that I could have tracked somebody down. I did go out onto the deck uh, and leave the garbage bags and the security guard let me – who was out there, let me put stuff outside, which was very nice. And then, of course, it starts pouring rain. There's no place to, like, <laughs> now, now, my bunk now, by the way, is covered in sick. Sick, yeah. So it, or, and I cleaned it up, but it's still, it was, it was not an area that I wanted to just go lay. And, like, I, I get all this stuff done. I finally, my, my body had gone back to bed. I just spent, you know, the next, what felt like three hours getting everything coordinated. I'm not sleeping at all. I'm exhausted. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. And I go to look at my my phone again and i'm thinking okay man this happened at like 125 it's gotta be like 3 30 in the yeah. morning by now four o'clock in the morning i don't have that much time i turn my phone on it says 127 <laughs> and it was daylight savings oh no and i was like oh, no! i was like what <laughs> what <laughs> no like this was <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I have never oh, been. That's so horrible. I have never hated daylight savings more. Right. Nobody hates daylight yeah. savings more than parents. <sighs> and you have found a new level of Dante's Inferno of hatred. Oh for my it. God! It was it was the worst. Oh, you poor guy. Chris yeah. Uh, I, I. Oh, that's so great. It was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> the the somewhat happy ending is I eventually, when I did get everything cleaned up, I did find a few bunks over. There was one empty one, and I slid on there with no pillow, no blanket, anything, and just laid there for a few hours trying to sleep through the snoring and stuff. I think I may have dozed off for like 30 minutes, but it was it was hell. Ah, it was hell, Justin. It was. Let me tell you about my uh, <laughs> servant aboard the Iowa. <laughs> Uh, all it took was yeah, one tour. All it took, right. And then, of course, my seven-year-old wakes up in the morning. He's like, oh, are we having pancakes for breakfast? It was just a stain of vomit. Yeah. No, he, he, was, I, he was, I had put him back, like, in his uniform or something, out of his pajamas or something. He wakes up, and he's perfectly fine. Yeah. And he's like, you know, so it was funny. The uh, the other parents and a lot of these guys and, and a couple of the moms have become friends. And, and it was, they all, of course, were all just saluting me yes. as the the uh the man who was left behind that would be great as, as you're as you're disembarking the iowa they make like an aisle and everybody's just sort of <laughs> yeah right. As you walk out. right right they take my my kids sleeping bags yeah. and they bury them at sea <laughs> off the uh, side somebody plays taps <laughs> right. there's a couple like marines folding a flag <laughs> so i leave you know oh man oh that's but great i would say though for dads i mean that that was a really cool thing and i know people have said you know uh, i saw the midway down in san diego quite a few years ago and it's a cool uh i always love seeing that kind of stuff like it is neat and and you do i'll tell you this you do appreciate the conditions that the the, the navy sailors and veterans lived in yeah i mean i've never had to sleep into the only the closest thing i have is we did the uh i don't know the name of it but the battleship that they have out in pearl harbor we did that as uh when i was oh there the arizona maybe yeah, the, the yes. one that sunk that sounds right yeah and so it, it, well, no, this one didn't sink because this one's there's that one that you could. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Sometimes it's hard to tell if they've sunk or not. 
Really? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm like, Three nothing. You son no, of a bitch. No, 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 no. We're not keeping score. We're not keeping score. I'm keeping score, you a-hole. <laughs> no, there's because you could see the residue of one that's there that uh, that they didn't like, uh, they didn't clean up or whatever. And then there's the one that's just kind of docked there that you could walk around. And we took an audio tour, I remember. I didn't have, cool. the, we didn't have kids at the time, but I got to see the bunks. And you see how, I, that way, I, I know what you're talking about. When you see how close they are. Yeah. Um, and I remember that, but I, the idea of getting to sleep in them does sound super, super cool. I want to ask, though, so, because cool. you kept saying, for me, do you have like a history of Navy in your family, or you just always been kind of a nerd about like ships and stuff? Or, you know, I, well, it's funny. Like history. Uh, I love history, and I, and I don't have any real military history in my family. I've had a couple uncles who served in the Air Force, I mm-hmm. think, but um, I, I personally have no close affiliation with it, although I'm a little embarrassed as to why I can believe that I can't remember the names of all these places because I did do as an actor I worked on a show called The Last Ship which mm. which um oh, that's right. recurred yeah. on that show yeah we did and I spent a lot of time filming it was on TNT wasn't it it was on TNT yeah in fact the the, the final season comes out um comes out uh, I think in the spring season mm-hmm. 5 and so although my character did pass away in season two. That's when I, I stopped was, watching. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, a lot of people, I think, had <laughs> that same feeling. They were like, something was missing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, if you're just starting season two. Yeah. Don't get too attached to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, the, I know, right? The, the cool part about that job, I mean, I, I loved the job in many ways, you know, for all sorts of reasons. But one of the really unique things as an actor to do was we shot so much of what I did actually at Naval Base San Diego, down in San Diego, oh, wow. on real active working uh, Navy destroyers. And almost, I think, all of the background actors on those show on that show, especially when we were shooting there, were real live working Navy and got a lot of chance to talk to those guys and girls and women and and really appreciate what they do and like the sacrifices they make and the conditions that they live in. And, and, um, I, it's been a few years now since I finished that job on the, on that show. So I, I'm a, you know, I was a little embarrassed to find myself not being able to yeah. remember what everything was called because I knew, <laughs> I knew it so well for a while. Hey, you're uh, on to the next gig. Yeah. yeah actress, don't worry. Right. Man. Exactly. Right. And so, um, so yeah, but I so I do really love that Navy history and stuff, and and it, it it one of the highlights of that was having the veterans who gave you tours and stuff, and seeing sort of their love for the ship. Oh yeah, and how how much it means to them. That's and, an that's an extra cool element. Yeah, and you do and like I was excited about sleeping on the ship, and you know, the incident aside, yeah. I think it still was a great thing. And so if you get the chance to do it, and then my wife is from a, a town in Wisconsin called Manitowoc. Which has, which is where they built uh, submarines during World War II in, oh, wow. in Wisconsin, which is crazy. It's actually, I believe, it is considered the inlandmost wartime yeah. naval port in the history of the world. They built subs there because they thought it was basically an impenetrable place to make. It was a shipbuilding town anyway. They'd always built ships there, and they built yachts there now. And and um, but is was, there a way? I'm sorry for my geographical ignorance. Is there a way to get from the Great Lakes out to the ocean, or is it? Well, let me tell you, let me give you a little maritime history. Here, here we just, go. You know what's interesting about how they did that? This is actually, there's a great museum there, too. Um, that was before the St. Lawrence Seaway existed, so you couldn't, you couldn't use there that. There was no way. There, what they did was they took the subs from down Lake Michigan. So this town is on Lake Michigan, about 150 miles north of Chicago. And they took the, I think they towed them, they towed them to Chicago and brought them through the Chicago River and then brought them through a series of canals through Illinois to the Mississippi River, and then they brought them down the Mississippi and out New Orleans. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That seems like such a, like, yeah. that's a lot of effort when you could just 
drop a a a, a factory in Galveston yeah, and be there. Right. You know, it's I don't know exactly why they decided to do it, and but I learned that when we did the tour with my sons a few years ago, a few summers ago, which was it was another, and they do the same thing there. I think they do sleepovers on that submarine, and like. If you think the the battleship yeah, conditions exactly. are tight, those submarine conditions were insane, and the way those guys lived was was really crazy. Um, I mean, well, crazy it was hard and difficult, yeah. you know. But it was like, but there's a, a lot of cool places you can do that with your kids, and and I've found that my kids really enjoy it. They don't always. I think a lot of the facts and stuff that right, we right. get into goes over their head. But, but it's here's the thing. I think we get we get hung up on these kinds of experiences and stuff where we need. I, when I say we, I'm always saying me, but um, <laughs> where it's like, I want them, like, if they're not having the same enjoyment experience, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you, you see it through your lens, but in actuality, like there's no way they're not going to be 38 and remember the time that I threw up all over the USS Iowa. Like there's <laughs> right. no way, right. even if he was like the pancake or even funnier is that what if he doesn't remember throwing up, but he's like, I remember I had really good pancakes at yeah. the Iowa. That was fun. I remember my dad didn't look so hot in the morning, <laughs> but I don't remember what else. He happened. was super cranky. I yeah. don't know. He hardly was. touched his pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember the salute that yeah. he was getting all afternoon. Yeah, huh? I remember people shaking his hand as if someone had passed away. <laughs> oh, yeah. such a great story. Uh, it was. You, I, so I, my wife always will comment about you know getting badges for our parenting sash. Yeah. You know, no, not not deliberately attached to this scouting activity, but she will often say that. And she's like, you definitely got a parenting badge that night. My favorite element is the daylight savings. That is, that is just, <laughs> that is too beautiful. Uh, all right. So uh, let's take another break. We'll come back and do a little moment of the week. You made them, you love them. <laughs> and sometimes you want to choke the living shit out of them. But occasionally they give you that one sweet moment. This is that moment. Moment of the Week, brought to you by Dad Gear. All your child traveling needs packed into stylish, practical perfection. Designed by real dads for real dads and moms. Don't be the guy with a diaper purse. Be the man with a Dad Gear diaper backpack. Go to dadgear.com and use promo code DADPODCAST at checkout for 20% savings. Made in the USA. It's a lot of dad in that, I just now realize. <laughs> yeah. What a dad Who's this, it for dad, again? Dad, dad Gear. Dad, oh, gear, dad gear. Dad Gear. And then use Dad And they make podcast. the gear for who? For Dad. Oh, for, okay. Gotcha. Or dad, well, it's Dad's and some moms. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, I, I, I don't know why I said some moms. Oh, that's Naptime Radio. They yeah. say for moms and some dads. Um, <laughs> all right. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll let you go first because I've right. got to remember what my mom Well, you just had an incredible experience on a, on a battleship, too, yeah. with your kids. It's not... I feel like it does qualify as moment of the week because that, that's pretty incredible. Uh, mine is... I think it's the, um, it's really stupid and I'm kind of mad that I haven't done it before this, mm -hmm. but it is the simple joy that seems to be kind of coming over my house around this time of year, the holiday time in that we're doing the elf on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Uh, his name is jelly bean. And, nice. and I, it's, I'm, it's almost like, I'm going to say this. It's oh, ours is scooter McElf. That's awesome. Yeah, that's his name. That's great. Um, uh, how long have you guys been doing the elf? I want to say this is maybe year four. Year four. Okay. We've had him, I think, for four years, but he sat in the in the box uh -huh. in my son's shelf uh, in his closet, never opened. Like I suggested it to my wife, but I used to always be on the road, and then somehow we forgot. And they're doing it. They did an elf on the shelf in his classroom, and he came home and said, "We should get an elf on the shelf. I love this thing." Right? Uh, okay. So, and I was like, "Great," because we already got one. <laughs> but it's, I'm, I'm, 
it's more of a moment for me because it, it's not how I'm wired and especially not how I'm been wired. These, this past few months I've been so absent mind. I keep forgetting things and usually I'm pretty on point with stuff. And so the, the fact that I'm able to remember to uh, check in on this elf every time is very something I'm very, very proud of. But there's an element that I like and, and it's frustrating in that they, they seem to like, they seem to be like, oh, there it is. Like, <laughs> like oh, yeah. even when I try really hard, Mm-hmm. There was one time I put him up on top of the blinds. Okay. And like, cause we have a little, like a, 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 a sconce or what's it? Valence? Valence. Okay. Valence. We have a valence around the blinds that he could just pop up there and our walls are red in our dining room. So he blended in. And that was the one they were like, I don't know where he is. And they you, went everywhere. You camoed him. Yeah. Every other time like, there he is. There he is. Uh-huh. And it, um, but it is that thing of. That they're they're just excited for the holiday. There's you know they're doing Christmas dances and I don't know. I've 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 always been a guy who really got into the holiday spirit mostly on like Christmas morning when it all when it all happens. But I just I I don't know. That's that's the best I could say is that it's these and it's mostly because I've been working so much that I haven't had a lot of one on one time with the kids. So I have these brief interactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the other moments that we've had have been built around and it's so cheesy, but I love it is we watch, we've been watching third rock from the sun. Okay. We started on Netflix. They had the whole entire series on Netflix and I used to love the show, but that was in when you couldn't watch it all the time. Right. Okay. Sure. So now, <clears throat> and then it, Netflix stopped having it. Oh, and so I thought I was going to be able to watch the whole series and it didn't happen. We didn't stay on top of it. Well, now it's on Amazon fire. So the, so we're watching it on that and it was just, we watch these episodes and it's, I feel like it's, uh, it's so cheesy, but we sit there as a family all laughing at the same parts in this like 20 year old, 30 year old sitcom. It's, yeah. So those, that kind of stuff that it's a family and then the mother-in-law's coming and and all of that stuff. And I think it'll be a lot of fun for the kids. So those, those are my moments. Oh, that's a great way. moment of the week. Yeah, it's, it's Moments of the week. Moments, of the season. Moments of the season. Yes. That's a, that's a better way. Nobody's really said anything. Although, oh, wait, that makes me think of something that uh, Jack... Jack has been Jack. I need to start writing these things down where he just says random shit. If my wife was here, she would remember. Like he just he just kicks out random shit. We went to go see Star Wars, and then we went to go see Thor. And uh, nope, that's trending down to not being a moment of the week where he's gotten into this trend where if we go out to get lunch, he becomes a total asshole <laughs> until he gets walked outside and get explained to him like, "Listen, you can't be an asshole." Right? Like I need you to adjust. The, like I get. I don't know if you're tired. I don't know if you're hungry. I get that. I get that. I'm not. I'm not saying you always have to be in a good mood, but I'm just saying you can't be against everybody else having a good time. That can't be ruin everyone. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right, you're up, Chris. Okay. Uh, well, I, I will say this. This was one moment recently that I really loved, and I think it was actually we kind of stumbled onto this, but maybe this is a fun idea for for kids. My nine year old, so my my seven year old just turned seven a, a couple of weeks ago, and we were going to see some family around Christmas time, and so. He kind of said that he wanted to do a birthday party with his cousins when we go see them. So we decided, okay, we're not going to do like a big birthday party or anything for him now. But then my my nine-year-old, not really knowing what this entailed, said, hey, let's do a surprise party for him here. How cool. Yeah. And so I think my nine-year-old just in his head thought it'd be really fun to plan a surprise party. <laughs> and then um, – but it, end, and it ended up being this awesome thing, and it was really great for him – and the seven-year-old. So basically what we did is uh, my wife just invited two of his buddies from school, my seven-year-old's buddies from school and their families who we know, to come over on a Friday night for pizza. And 
I took my younger two. My job was to take them out and distract them. And I, we, we had told uh, our middle guy, our seven-year-old, he wasn't going to have a party. And I took them out. But I said, you, you, you do get to pick out one gift at the store. So we'll go to this little toy shop and pick out something. And so I took them. We went. He picked out a gift for himself. And I'm Does getting, the little one know about the surprise? Or are they no, the little, little one, yeah. no, he, he could not be trusted. Yeah, he's a, no. he's a, be a, mule, yeah. a bull real yeah, quick. He's, yeah. yeah, he's he, he was going to crack it. under questioning um, <laughs> <laughs> real quick. He would be delighted to share any piece of information that he has about this. He's Yeah, he has to be, yeah, he's loose lips sink ships. Yes. There we go. Um, he's got them. So I took those two, and then I, I just – Planned to be out for about 40 minutes. And then my wife and the nine-year-old scrambled and put up a bunch of decorations and stuff. And we had pizza coming or whatever. And then the, the two families arrived while we were gone. And then I got the, the thumbs-up text. And I took the other two back to the house. And my seven-year-old was happy and excited because he just gotten this little toy that we let him buy. But then, And he knew he was going to do a birthday thing with his cousins. Um, but then we walked into the house and it was all quiet and dark, and I let him go first. And then, boom, everybody came out and said surprise. And, again, it was a small group, but he was so happy. Oh. And and the nine-year-old was so happy yeah. because he got to help plan this thing. And so, I don't know, like I thought to myself, like this would be a great thing for parents to do to help engage the other no, kids awesome. and, and, make it a, and make it a nice thing. So that was and again, it was a small little group. It was two two other families, and and yeah, so it made it super and, easy. But it was it, yeah. it truly was the thought. Yeah, and then I will add this: my wife also that night had a great idea. She put together a little scavenger hunt, and maybe people are doing this, but I hadn't seen it before. We we gave the broke the kids into two little groups and gave them each a camera of one of our phones, and they they have a list of like thirty things on their scavenger hunt, and it was simple. It was like something red. Something that gets eaten, you know, something that is pretty, whatever. And then the kids had to find the things around the house. Each of the teams. This was the birthday party. This is at the birthday party. Yeah. They had to find these things and then take a picture of their team with the item. And then at the end, we sort of beamed all the pictures up to the TV and went through and and it was a really fun little yeah, that's cool. activity that the kids really loved. So if you're looking for something simple, and it was my, I, I think it was my wife's idea to do that. I, I think she had seen that done somewhere, and um, she's gonna be mad. I'm just giving her no credit whatsoever. <laughs> she definitely got that idea from someone else. <laughs> no, we'll but just it was tell her we couldn't yeah. record the episode. But yeah, be so, fine. yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Computer broke. It was weird. Yeah, you know, Justin edits those things weird. That's not. Ex- <laughs> that's not at all what I said. <laughs> Um, uh, you're just a product of the media. So that's what it is. Yeah. The media spins it. It's just a spin zone. <laughs> so two little simple things as these birthday parties get so expensive and so, you know, overproduced yeah. sometimes. Two little simple things. Make it a surprise and it engages the other kids a little bit. And then um, maybe a little like, scavenger hunt or something to keep it. Simple. No, I love it. That's that's it's great to have. It's funny because I think, like I, like I was saying before, we get these ideas in our head. Like we see it through our lenses. Yeah. And I've done this. That, but it, it took my son kind of pointing out to me when he said he wanted to have his friends over. And then I asked him, well, who would you like to have? And he only rattled off four kids. And I was like, awesome. Like we could yeah. definitely do that. And then it worked out. Because the nice thing is you probably already know these families, but I didn't at the time. Sure. So we brought these. And now we're, we've become friends with everybody. We hang out with them. We go do date nights with them. It's great. It's mm-hmm. great. So, yeah, I... The simpler the party, even though in your mind you think you need to have this big production, but if they only want to have the only thing that I think can make it weird is that there is a kind of a weird number where 
Like if it's just two or three kids, nobody gets butt hurt for not getting an invite. Right. But once you start transitioning five or six, it's yeah. Or maybe double digits. I don't know. I don't know Once you know what I mean? But there is a threshold where all of a sudden now it's exclusionary as opposed to just limited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. You want to, yeah, you've got to, you know, you want to be polite and kind to everybody. You don't want any kids to feel left out and. Um, I think sometimes making it a, a whole family thing, it makes it a little, well, clearly this was more of a family party. Yes. If we were throwing something where we were inviting 10 or 12 kids, we would have definitely, we've always kind of played by this rule. We would, we would have invited the entire Their class. class. Yeah. 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 Oh, all the boys, at least with us, if you have a boy, yeah. you can get away with that. You just invite the boys or just invite the girls. But, uh. Yeah, this this worked out. So hopefully, great. hopefully, people listening in my son's class don't think, "Why the <laughs> did I not get an invite to that?" <laughs> because yeah. it was a surprise. It sounds like well, an amazing surprise party, and I love surprises. That's also a funny thing too, because you have. Uh, well, I guess the parents could just know, because I just think that the more kids that know about the surprise party that are friends. Oh yeah, we we actually I should, I should have added that. Yeah, we were very careful that the kids did not know they were coming over. Yeah, and that so was just the last yeah, minute was, thing. Yeah, only the parents. Knew. Was there any element when he said, "Well, we're not going to do a party with your friends"? Was he like? Man, was he upset or was he kind of like, oh, okay? Like, uh, you know, I he, if he if he was upset, he never expressed it around me. And then if and my wife must have, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she um, had to handle a little bit of complaints yeah. about that because, of course, he wants something. But um, but she reiterated him a number of times that we were going to do something with his cousins and stuff, yeah. like go bowling. That's or something. A That'll be simple too. That's but. good. Good for you, man. Good for you. So, Solid moments. All right, you can send me an email to show at the dadpodcast dot com. A uh, Chris. For anybody who this is the first time you're hearing this episode, you have a cool like kind of uh, what would you call this like Santa? I remember being like a radio show oh, yeah. that you could listen to with your kids on Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. So I created this, you know, I work in comedy as as do you, and I created this thing uh, last year that I that I wrote with some really talented comedy pals and and voice actor pros, and this was all born out of the idea that you know our kids, my oldest, had kind of started asking questions and sniffing around about Santa, and he very, very much wants to believe, as I think so many of them do in that eight, nine, ten range when they start, you know, really transitioning out of Santa, but also wanting to know that it's true. So I created this. Uh, basically, it's a fictional newscast. It's a little ten-minute piece that sounds real. It sounds like a real live. Uh, AM newscast that you listen to on Christmas Eve with your kids. Oh, it doesn't have to be Christmas Eve because I've actually gotten a bunch of emails from people this year saying, oh, hey, we put on the newscast um, going to look at Christmas lights this year. And we said, hey, kids, this is the actual news from last Christmas. Listen to this. And it's basically you're listening to sort of this AM newscast. It's great. That has these little these little news bulletins about about, you know, regular stories that are all Christmas themed and very kids safe. Uh, And then Throughout, there's this breaking news about this mysterious streak that's in the sky, and the Air Force comments on it. And the lots of fun jokes yeah. for the parents. Oh, the, yeah, we we does not, you know, I, I write comedy, and and we we really try to make it funny, so we put in some commercials and stuff. So our hope is that it really helps keep the Santa magic alive for your kids, and sort of gives any of the skeptical ones a real like, wait a second, yeah. this is legit. Uh, meanwhile, and gives you you know mom and dad a big laugh and. We have a website now. There's a little website for it that I that I put together. It's just called ChristmasEveNews.com. It's also on Facebook. You can find it on Facebook at Christmas Eve News Radio, and then um, it's on iTunes. It's it. This is absolutely a for profit uh, venture, uh, <laughs> Justin. No, but it's, it's I made it for fun. As it should yeah, be. I made it for fun. It's two bucks on iTunes. So yeah. if you want to get it, and, there, and there's a version for the 
there's WELF news, which is for people who live in the land of the east where W is the call sign. And oh, then there's, there's KELF right. news yes. in case your kids are so savvy. Although I did that. So and everyone, if, I search, if I go to iTunes and search Christmas Eve news, it'll come up and I'll see an option to get the W or the K. Well, actually, you just get it. You just get once and it gives you both of them. Oh, okay. And so, but it's like, and that was an iTunes lesson I learned. It's just over 10 minutes. And if it's over 10 minutes, it automatically gives you both. Oh, okay. It's like an album only thing, but you'll have both of them. But um, some kids are smart enough to be like, wait a second, K E L F K E. What is that? But you know, it doesn't sound like a radio station. But I probably overthought that. No, <laughs> no, I because here's the thing: I I would have never have thought of that. Mm-hmm. And but and I there would have been a certain point where maybe some, but you never know. You never yeah. with kids today. They listen to me, kids today. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know what they could figure out. I think that's and it's it makes it more fun. Yeah, I think that's. So That's it's it, it was something fun, and I, I got to tell you, like, the response we got to it last year was, like, so overwhelming. So many of my friends, and I just gave it away to a ton of my friends after I made it because I was like, I just want people to have this. And um, people called and said, oh, my God, the kids bought it, hook, line, and sinker. They were, like, sending me pictures of their kids looking out into the sky. And then uh, we listened to it in the car with my kids, and I'm one of the voices on it. And, and my wife set it up. We were in Wisconsin, and my wife said, hey, kids, you know, your, your, your Uncle Mike said that there's a, a news guy up here that sounds just like Daddy. Should we listen? Should we check it out? And they're like, yeah, that's weird. Let's listen. So we were in the car on Christmas Eve going. I think we were going from like, you know, Christmas Eve mass to a, to a party. And we put this thing on for 10 minutes and the kids just bought it hook, line, and that's great. And it was, it was really fun. So uh, be, this guy sounds better than dad. Yeah. This guy, yeah and that, that was the funny thing. They were like, no, this doesn't sound like dad. And, you, know, you know, I'm sitting there doing my best, uh, my best, uh, Dude, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, you know, that, <laughs> that's uh, funny. So check it out if you get a chance. Uh, where can they, I thought I had you in my document here, but I don't, where can they find you on the Twitter? Oh, it's at IC Mars. That's I, right. I see the letter but C. C, but, uh, or is it the letter C? Letter C. That's right. Cause for Chris, and then it's C two Mars. R's in Mars, two R's. correct? Like the planet with two R's. I yes. See Mars. All right. Perfect. Chris, thank you so much. Absolutely. Justin. This show. is always a blast. I love the show. I love listening to it. I throw it on in the car. It's, it's such a good job, and you do such a good job. Well, and thanks, it's, man. It's, fun it's very to, kind uh, of you. It's very fun to come do the show with you all. So don't forget, ChristmasEveNews.com. There's a link in the uh, in the description of this episode. You can go to the website or do a search for it in iTunes. I'm sure if you go to the website, there's links and everything there for you to find a way to get that for this holiday season or for next. If you're listening to this and it's uh, next November of 2024 or whatever, <laughs> uh, you can still check it out. I'm sure it is still there. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. On behalf of Chris Mars, this is Just Worship saying hug your kids, hump your loved one, and stay frosty, my friends.